Hello and welcome to another edition of Touched by Prayer. Oh my gosh, it is going to be such a good show. Holy moly, is it going to be a good show. I am so excited. Okay, I have a book and it's called The Journey and it's Living by Revelation. Okay. And living by revelation never ends because God is always revealing stuff to us. I mean, I could give you so many different testimonies of how God has told me different things and how to do things and, and, and how to maneuver in situations and how to call somebody and to do things. And it's all through revelation. Sometimes he would tell me stuff and I'm like, is that even in the Bible? <laughs> I'd have to, I'd have to Google when I first started to hear God. I would actually Google what is that because the Lord would say, you know, fivefold ministry. And my husband said, "What's that?" And I said, "I don't know." He said, "Well, let's look it up." So we Googled it. Thank goodness for Google because in the revelation there is something that God is saying. There is something that He is trying to let you and, and make you understand. Because I didn't go to a Bible school. I didn't go to seminary. That wasn't my thing. That wasn't my walk. But God spoke to me and talked to me and told me to do things. And the things that He told me to do sometimes sounded crazy, but. I just thought, well, goodness, it's not my thought. So it has to be his thought. So I just went ahead and did it. That's exactly what this book is about. This book and this season that we're coming into, we have to start listening and hearing and knowing how to move because God is doing something so different. And I am telling you, this book, The Journey, this is for such a time as this. I, there is no mistake that this book was, in, was written and released right around this time, because people have to get this. We have to understand that it's going to be the revelation that's going to take us to a revolution of God's love for his people. So without further ado, I want to introduce my guest. His name is Dr. Bill Thought, and he has written this book. He has many other books. He has been doing ministry for almost 50 years, almost 50 years. Actually, he's he's been... He's been living by revelation. We'll put it that way. I think that's a better way of putting it for almost 50 years. And he has stories and we are going to dig into some things and some things I am so excited to talk about. So without further ado, I am going to bring in Dr. Bill. Dr. Bill, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on Touch by Prayer. This, I am so excited to, to talk to you and to hear about how we can live, how we can minister how we can worship and how we can get the go through a revelation with God. So thank you for coming on Touch, on Touch by Prayer. Well, you're more than welcome, Lisa. I am beyond blessed to be on your program. I've heard some amazing things about you and your program. Aww. So it's my extreme pleasure to, uh, to be visiting with you tonight about this book. Okay. So let's, let's, okay. We started, we started to talk about something. And one of the things that I, I started to, um, I started to share with you was um, sometimes, you know, there have been many, many people in the Bible. Let's, let's just go like with Moses. We're going to start with Moses because you talk about that and you talk about how Moses had the revelation from God 
in everything that he was supposed to do. So much so that when he built the tabernacle, he would go in as the cloud or the fire would come, right? And he would go in and he would go and get that revelation and then bring it out to his people. So you and I were kind of talking about the the Moses revelation. And um, I, I just wanted to, to kind of dig in and to start because as God was speaking to all these different um, powerhouses in the Bible, many, many things happened. So yes. let's, um, let, let's just kind of start with Moses and then we'll, we'll see where the Holy Spirit is. I'm sorry. I'm very yeah. excited right now. <laughs> well, I tell you, I'm. I sometimes I I feel like I'm a weeping uh, prophet. I've already grabbed my Kleenex because I just began to tear up. Right before we came out of the program, the Lord spoke to me that there would be plenty of people watching this program tonight. They're really stuck, you know, in their in their walk with the Lord, and these this program is going to be life giving. So when we're talking about the story of Moses, Moses had been, um, as you know, raised in Egypt and, and all the things that happened there. But when, when God went, took him back to Egypt um, and then finally delivered them, you know, after several hundred years of bondage to Egypt, what the Lord showed me is that he felt like it was time to reintroduce himself to the people of Israel. And he did that through Moses as God announced his names. And then further, when Moses is on the mountain in those 40 days of glory, when God walked by and Moses saw the backside of God, God announced his names. Now, Moses being the really the higher level of leadership for the people of Israel, it's it's amazing to me how that when God revealed his name, Moses had something then to tell the people of the, of a characteristic or the, of the, uh, of, you know, they, this is what God is like. God, God is long suffering. God is life giving. God is the healer. God is the Jehovah Nisi. God is Jehovah Jireh. God is Jehovah Shalom. And it was all part of that reintroduction, but each, time that God revealed himself to them, I believe that it, it gave greater confidence in God's leadership and God's ability to lead them through Moses. And so um, it's an incredible story uh, of just how that God, God used revelation to lead them. It's no different than Paul said, the church of Corinth. He said, it will be from glory to glory you know, from level to level, from place to place. It, and, and he said, it's because you're beholding in the mirror the glory of the Lord. And it's all about God revealing himself from Genesis to Revelation. The whole Bible is about God taking opportunity, revealing his heart, the eyes of the Lord looking to and fro throughout the earth, looking for those whose hearts are turned towards him. God's looking for every single opportunity that we'll give him for him to reveal himself to us for several reasons. One is as leaders so that we can represent him well, so we can speak well of him and we, we can speak, we can reveal his character to people. In other, in, but in also in other ways, revelation builds our faith so that we can walk forward with confidence as he does lead us. 
It's an incredible story. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, one of the things uh, I, I just want to make sure, because I don't know if we are actually live. I'm just making sure we are. Okay. Um, so one of the things that, um, that I love is that, you know, God reveals his names. He reveals his nature. He reminds us of, of who he is. It's through that revelation that, that he is Jehovah Jireh. Like, mm -hmm. and that's, that's what Abraham found out is that he was Jehovah Jireh. That's when his name was released to him because that's he says cool. he will, he is the God who will provide, right? Yeah. He is the God yeah. who will provide. And so when, when we talk about the whole Moses thing, you know, he was talking about him being the redeemer that he was going to, he was going to help them. He was going to move. He was going to provide for them. He was going to be their deliverer. He was going to be their fortress. He was going to be their strength. And that, like when you start to hear the the word of God, like when, you know, how old were you when you when you started to get the revelation of, of God and the word of God, not just from the Bible, but from that intimacy? When did you start to get that revelation at like were you already in ministry? Well, actually, the the first time I began to uh, experience what I would call an intimate relationship with the Lord was when I was about twelve years old. Um, my parents uh, saw the uh, call of God on my life, and they they put me in my own bedroom and kind of a hall closet, <laughs> and um, and gave me opportunity to spend time reading the Word. And I just remember hours of hours, just the Holy Spirit just pouring over me and just, you know, doing a work in my heart. And um, and then then knowing from that point that there was that call. And but but as I say in the book, um, intimacy is is the hotbed for revelation, intimacy with Jesus. And, you know, there, there's a. There's a real challenge we have today in that area. Uh, one is, uh, I would say, it's more difficult for men to really uh, to really um, go live with their feelings mm -hmm. and um, and be that intimate with the Lord in public. Um, and of course, even in private, it's it's, it's difficult. But um, I I believe. That's the key to everything. If we want to grow, if we if we want to change, if if we want to know more about God, if we want God to reveal Himself to us, it really begins in that place of int intimacy with Jesus. Yes, and I think that's one of the things because you and I we had a little bit of a conversation yesterday, and we were kind of talking about how um, I believe that women have a easier time going into that intimate place with Jesus because of, of who we are and because of how we see Jesus. But I believe that if you really look at scripture, that you're going to see that John, the apostle John, had that level of intimacy with Jesus. Yeah. 
that he yeah. understood because it says he was the the he was the disciple that the that Jesus loved the most, right? The the the, the most loved, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And there yeah. is there's something there's something about that. And I was I was kind of sharing with you yesterday that when I first kind of started, the Lord said to me, He said, Lisa, He said that um the one thing that um that god said to me he said lisa i want you to be like john i want you to love like john i want you to have the boldness of 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 uh of paul i want you to have the faith of peter and the discernment of thomas and there was like okay lord there's something in that because god wants us to have this fuller picture of who he was because you know peter had that faith that, that was able to even go out into the sea. Whereas you have the boldness of Paul who was not afraid to speak. He spoke and, and he would say to whomever would listen because yeah. he had the revelation of who Jesus was. In that time where you get that revelation, it's almost like there is no stopping. There's no stopping what is inside of you when you get that, right? Yes, ma'am. You, you know, Lisa, I'm, I'm looking at a comment here from Michael uh, yeah. Friend, looks like. Mm -hmm. He says, because men and women are wired differently, so we just have to work harder at it. I think we have to first of all realize that men and women have equal access. Mm -hmm. Okay. I, I, I think, um, as Michael pointed out there, that the, the difference is, is that our approach to it might be differently. And, and, and yes, it's more difficult. Um, you know, there's an extra uh, speed bump or two, if you will, mm -hmm. uh, just get get there beyond our 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 feelings. You know, men men are afraid. Um, I often say in like marriage conferences and such, as as my wife and I, you know, do that on the mission field a lot. But we, one of the things I say is that a man's greatest fear is to be rejected by his wife. Wow. And um, I think. I think all in all, I think men men are afraid, and I, of course we don't want to spend our whole prayer. I'm just talking about this, but but it is really key, uh, and that but that fear is part of our carnality that has to bow its knee to Jesus. Hmm. I mean, just like you know, the first time you remember you were in a church service and you kind of raised your hands for the first time, mm -hmm. we were dealing with carnality. It's all mm -hmm. it was, and it was just like. Well, flag was flying at half staff like something was dead, right? <laughs> but eventually, you remember the first time their hands went up and you felt such freedom? Yes. We broke past mm -hmm. carnality. And, and this, I think the same thing applies with, with the difference between men and women and our, you know, our struggles to really get intimate with Jesus. That the, the main barrier is it is our own carnality and our own fears, our own concerns, our own worries. But but on the other side of that mm -hmm. is just like Abraham discovered when he went that mountain with Isaac in, in obedience to God. And that's a promise that men have and women have together is as we are in obedience to God going up that mountain the picture of provision, because you look at Greek and Hebrew, both languages are very pictorial. So when you say Jehovah Jireh, which literally means the Lord has seen beforehand, okay, on the way up one side, we're obeying God. 
We can't see what's happening on the other side of that mountain, right? But on the other side is coming the answer. That's really the picture of provision. All right. And so all of us, whether it's men or women, in whatever our hangups are about intimacy or other subjects, it's just we we just don't know what's on the other side. But if we just obey God, if if we if we go after him, um, what's waiting for us on the other side is beyond anything we can we can ask or think. I agree with that. I totally agree with that. And that's one of the things that's actually that's one of my verses. That's my life verse is Ephesians 3.20. Because I think that as as God has been showing up and showing off in my life, there is no doubt that he has become that Ephesians 3.20 verse for me. And I think in each person, you you have that ability to, to see God in a certain situation, that you're able to see him as healer. You're able to see him as provider. You're able to see him as, um, as your strength, as your fortress. You can see him as your defender. But yeah. you have to get into that place where you need to be defended. <laughs> and so many people are afraid to, to get that revelation because that's a scary place. Is God going to defend me? Is he going to show up? Is he going to be who he says he's going to be? Well, and people are facing that right now with, with COVID-19. Absolutely. Um, you know, there's, you know, there are people everywhere saying, don't fear, don't fear, don't fear. But all around us, people are uh, afraid. And it almost reminds me of that scripture of the end times. It says that people's hearts will fail mm -hmm. because of fear. And, uh, you know, the fear of the unknown is, uh, you know, big. But the, but the idea is that, you know, faith literally means, um, among other things, faith in God means confidence and trust. And, and so that means, um, you know what? Sink or swim, man. That's it. Um, I'm, I'm going with God. That's it. <laughs> whatever, whatever happens, sink or swim, I'm with him. I'd rather be with him than, than any other thing. Um, I, I started to say it was Moses, but I think, I think it was Miriam when, when, the, when, when she, Help lead the people of Israel across the Red Sea. Some trust in horses and some trust in chariots, mm. but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. That's right. I'm, I'm encouraging somebody right now who's who's dealing with maybe fears, inhibitions about may, maybe go back to work, maybe other issues, going back to church, whatever your issues. I, I'm telling you, you, you stay in the boat. <laughs> and, and and wherever Jesus is, you're going to be good. You're going to be good. Well, it's it's interesting that you bring up Miriam because one of the things that the Lord started to talk to me about at the beginning of this year, um, I actually, I do a women's conference okay. and it's called Daddy's Girl because the Lord, oh. yeah, the Lord said, I want you to teach my daughters. He says, my daughters don't know how to be daughters. So I want you to teach them. I went, okay. okay. So that, that was one of the things that the Lord's, you know, that was one of the things he's told me to do. I said, okay. So each, each year I've had different themes. Well, this coming year, it's, it's going to be called following the fire. Again, the Moses Ooh. thing. 
Mm-hmm. And that was before. That was before all of this. This is before all of all the stuff that's been happening. But one of the things that he kept saying, he goes, I'm you're going to dance like Miriam danced, because which is going to segue into how we can worship in revelation of who he is, that he is worthy of our worship, that he is worthy yeah. of our praise, that he is worthy of our dance. So I wanted yeah. to, because you brought up Miriam, I said, Ooh, we can go right into worship. <laughs> yeah. I've been, uh, I'd like to say it this way. I was in the worship and worship wasn't cool. Mm -hmm. Um, it's a cool thing now. Mm -hmm. And uh, everybody's on the boat, you know. Um, but um, back in the in the 70s, when I started leading worship, that, that, that shows you how old I am. Um, I was raised in a church that was part of what was called the Latter Rain Movement. Okay. And uh, in, in that movement, it was... Um, the teaching of fivefold ministry, now this is from the 40s and the 50s and some into the 60s, but the latter end movement taught uh, fivefold ministry that the revelation that we all enjoy today was rebirthed in, in that latter rain movement. The worship, the singing in the spirit, the all of the things that we do today was rebirthed back in the 40s, 50s, and 60s through this movement. And, and so um, I was raised in one of those churches and it, it was, the atmosphere was just hot. Um, the presence of God was, it was powerful. Um, don't have time to get into all of that, but um, so I was raised with that, with that expectation. And so moving forward, um, begin to realize that every every movement uh, begins with a revelation. Mm -hmm. Every new movement begins with a new revelation of God. And the idea is then the worship sort of in, in, encapsulates, encapsulate, I get the word here, mm -hmm. that and put it into songs that then the worship drives the, that truth even deeper into the hearts of God's people. Okay, let's stop right there. Because I think that right there is key. That the worship drives the heart into the people, the heart of God. It drives it into the people. That's, it is. that's a powerful statement right there. That's a well, powerful statement. Uh, Jeremiah said that God's word was like a hammer. Mm. Come on. And so you you think in those terms is that you get the word in the worship and and not just the Bible, but anything that God sang through his prophets. OK, is and um, and and drives that uh, it begins to drive that like a hammer deep into the hearts of God's people. It becomes part of us. Um, it, it becomes a DNA and, and cultural issue when when that gets deep into the hearts of God's people. It's just like when somebody asks you, why do you do certain things? Well, we do it because that's our culture. Well, where did that culture come from? Well, 
that's the way we did it back then. And begin to and you go back and begin to look at those things. Is this, all of those things had its start in a in a revelation that God has been building upon line upon line, precept upon precept, preparing us for the lat the latter day ministry. And you know, you know, God is a builder. Um, and 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 he and he builds things in order. This level must be strong enough to support the next thing. And so we see that in worship. We see that in revelation. We see that in everything that God does. God is a builder, and and he's he's going somewhere powerful with all of this. I agree with that, and I I really do appreciate that the building, because there are so many times that we can say. Well, you know, this piece is in here, but it's like when it talks about Jesus being our cornerstone, the cornerstone is one of the most important parts of a building. And it's like, if you Absolutely. don't have, he's the chief cornerstone. So if you don't have that, if you don't have that cornerstone, the rest of the foundation can actually kind of fall inside of itself. And so if you have that understanding of who is supporting everything, and, I, and I'm also going to go back to a vision that I had um, Brother Bill, where the Lord, he showed me like an anvil. I saw I saw an anvil in his hand and I, I saw these stages and I saw his hand with the anvil and he smacked the braces and he smacked the braces and the whole thing went boom and it fell. And he said, unless I built it, it will not stand. Because mm -hmm. there is something and there. The reason that I that he said it and the way that he said it is because he protects his word, but he also yes. protects his people. And so if yes. he didn't build it, and if it's not built upon what he's been doing, if it's not built upon his word, if it's not built upon his promises, then he does not have to move in it. But what happens is that people who are following it will be hurt because they think, well, where is God in it? But God does not have to be a part of something he didn't build. That's right. He's not obligated to put his name on anything That's that it. he's not the author of. That's it. And so, you know, as as we're moving through this this time where, to me, I, I am such a worship. I love worship. Worship is my thing. I love to worship. But you'll never see me on stage worshiping. Like, you'll see me at, on bottom of the stage. <laughs> But you won't see me with a microphone because that's not what I'm called to do. But that doesn't negate my heart of worship. That's right. And that that's was right. one of the things that I, I had to kind of understand is that when you've been called to worship, which quite honestly, I think everybody should be called to worship. But there's something about worship that gains the attention of the Father. There's something yeah. that presses into that place of his because he is surrounded by, by worship 24-7, right? It says that, right. that the angel, holy, 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 he is being worshipped 24-7. But when his children choose to worship, that's, yeah. what, that's where he gets, it gets his attention. It gets his attention. So if you're going through something difficult, if you're going through a hardship, the way to to get God to start moving and to and to really start um, having a uh, a say it is to shift your focus out of the problem and shift your focus onto Him. 
Absolutely. That's good. That's good. That's good preaching right there. I'm telling you. Well, I'm going to say that's, that's the way we say it in Oklahoma. That's good preaching that's right good there. Preaching right there. Well, let me just tell you, but uh, go ahead. Uh, one of the things I say in the chapter about worshiping by, by uh, the subject of revelation mm -hmm. is that um, God, God is writing and an eternal song in our hearts. Oh, I love that. You know, it's a it's a song that only we can sing. Um, it's, it's it's not a song angels can sing. Only the redeemed, only the redeemed. But through every, as you mentioned, through every scar, through every difficulty, if we turn that into praise, if we turn that into giving God an opportunity to write eternity on our hearts, then then. Then, then when we get to see him face to face, uh, David uh, described it so well. Um, he, he mentioned a term in Psalms that is mentioned in the book of Revelation. And that, that phrase is called the sound of many waters. Mm. Now, uh, Revelation speaks of the voice of God as the sound of many waters. Also Psalms. But then Revelation also compares the voice, the combined voice of every tribe and tongue and nation as a sound of many waters. So really a, a literal fulfillment of what David prophesied uh, in, in the book of Psalms is deep calling unto deep. Mm. The sound of many waters meeting the sound of many waters. And, you know, God's preparing us for that, for that moment, that, that, that great reunion. And, um, but, but I tell you this time on earth is about learning how to worship by revelation, how to live by revelation, how to minister by revelation, how to pray and intercede by revelation, um, allowing God to breathe in and out revelation in their hearts so that we, we can really represent him well while we're here, and then at the same time, him preparing our hearts for that day. Absolutely. And, it, you know, one of the places that God keeps bringing me back to is he keeps bringing me back to Genesis. That's one of the places he keeps pulling me back. And he keeps bringing me back to the Tower of Babel. And everybody looks at the Tower of Babel and they go, wow, you know, God had to confuse their language. But see, what I think the not not everybody, I have to be careful how I say this because I don't want to be pointing fingers or accusing, but I do want to say that the understanding of what happened when Pentecost came is we were given one language again. We were given a godly language, but what, what God did is he didn't confuse them. Oh, this is so good. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm getting this. Um, he didn't confuse the he didn't confuse the language. He confused the understanding. The language is one language so that we can all communicate spirit to spirit. But what he confused was our understanding of it so that we don't understand all the time what we're saying because if we understood everything, then we might come outside of his will. And we might start saying, this is not exactly what I would think to pray for. This might not be the person that I'd like to pray for. I don't want to pray for that millionaire to get more money because we don't understand how God sees things. See, we don't see the bigger picture. He, he yeah. has seen the finished product. He has seen the end. 
You know, so what he did is he he gave us a language so that we could work together. And, And if we look at that scripture and it says, look at them with this, there is nothing they cannot do. So when God poured out his spirit, that every single person could pray in the spirit, his perfect will, I'm praying, I'm preaching again. (laughs) When he gave and poured out his spirit, that every single person could be praying into the will of God in the, in the same utterance. It might not sound the same, but it was in his, it was the same to him. It was the same, same. And what he did is he just said, I'm not going to confuse their language. I'm going to confuse their thoughts so that they don't understand what I'm doing because they are just going to have to surrender to me. And that is where the church has a problem is because it's in the surrender. If it's like, we will sit there and say, Oh no, not my will, Lord, your will. But let me tell you something. You start praying in tongues and you don't know what you're talking about. If you haven't fully surrendered, you're like, wait a second, I can't be doing this. I don't know what I'm talking about. You know? And that is not what God said. It's, your will be done, not mine. So if we're praying in the spirit and everybody now, and that was the other thing that I just had a revelation is that each person, when we start to pray and the Holy spirit comes up, guess what? Might not be next to you, might not be in the room next to you, might not even be down the street, but there are other people who are praying in the same accord, what you are praying because God needs to establish something. And especially during this this uh, virus and during this pandemic, during this close down, what has been yeah. happening is that the spirit's been hitting people and people have started to pray from the unction of the Holy Spirit, but they're not praying alone. They're not praying alone because God is trying to establish something so that with this, yeah. there is nothing they can't accomplish. Amen. Good preaching. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's, um, I'd like to go back to that one point yes. about uh, um, the Paul said in the same context, uh, he said uh, about the subject of carnality and and he said that that our our carnality is God's enemy. So good. So if you if you're not praying in the spirit, if you're if you're not really in tune, if you're really not living by revelation, you can end up being a in a situation like Peter in the sense that of trying to hold back the the will of God that, that Jesus knew about. And um and 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 Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. Now that's it's a very controversial statement. Obviously, I, I I wouldn't want the Lord to say that about me, but but we know in essence what He was saying is says you don't have a clue what's going on. What you're what you're what you're coming against is the plan of God. Hmm. And how many because of the lack of revelation, how many people become enemy to the new? Right. I'll because put my hands up there. I'm not ashamed because I've we, missed it. I've missed we've it. All, we've all been there. Mm-hmm. We've all been there. We've all pointed our finger at the at the new thing. And, you know, the, the way the old looks the new and the new looks the old, you know, there are issues going both directions as I lay out in the book there. But but the idea is that if we're if we're not really walking with God to that level where we're walking by by revelation, 
we we are partnering with the wrong side. Oh, come on, preach that. Go ahead and preach that because that is that is so important. What is your mouth saying? So is a man thinketh, so is he. So if if we it, it the Lord said he showed me that this year he said he drew a line in the sand. And he said, those who are with me will be with me. And those who are not are against mm -hmm. me. He said, even that's if you haven't made a choice. That's why we need intimacy with Jesus mm -hmm. so badly. Um, every every last one of us is, Absolutely. you know, when, when your heart is broken before the Lord and 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 you're laying down, you know, your your rights, your privilege or whatever, and 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 you are just saying, you know what? I don't, I don't want my way. I want your way. I want your will. I, I want all of those things. So, um, it's, um, you know, it seems to me that the church is really at a crossroads. Um, you know, and this happens a couple times in every generation. It seems like the you know church, you know, takes uh, two steps forward and one step back in some in some ways. And uh, we so easily lose focus. Um, you know, there's always people to say, well, you know, you don't want to be so heavenly minded, you're no earthly good. Yeah. I, I get that. I, I totally understand that. But you don't want to be so earthly minded that you're no heavenly good. So the, the balance, the balance is, is that we have the intimate relationship with Jesus, that we are praying in the spirit, that we are hearing from heaven, and then we're doing what he asked us to do. I, I was on a um, conference call um, last week with a group of leaders from Brazil. I was talking about how that there's a need to marry the two church models that we see today. You mentioned earlier about fivefold ministry. It, we have like one 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 model that is like heavenward. It's got prophets and apostles. Everything's about that. The other model is the evangelist, pastor, and teacher. They're looking out ministering to people, but not always clearly in touch with what heaven is saying. So I was making the case for what, what if we could marry those two models where we can both govern and gather, okay? Govern and gather. We can hear from heaven and then we can enact what heaven is saying and, and we can actually run the church by revelation, okay? You can imagine what that would look like it would revolutionize everything. Well, because you wouldn't discount people anymore. You wouldn't be just saying, oh, we shouldn't be praying for that person or that person doesn't belong or let's get rid of that. You know, if we were truly, look, if, if we really want to live a Christian lifestyle, then we have to model ourselves after Christ. We call yes, ourselves Christian. We have to model ourselves after Christ. What did Christ do? Christ said very simply, I only do what I see my father in heaven do. Well, how did he do that? He prayed. He got revelation. He got yes, all the download that morning. You know, he would go out and he would spend time with his father. He even said, he goes, father, I am so glad that you hear me. I am so glad yeah. that you hear me. How many Christians can say that? So many Christians think God doesn't hear me. He just doesn't hear me. I don't know. I don't hear. He doesn't hear. Everybody's everybody will say that. But the truth yeah. is, that is a lie. That is a lie because it says and he says, My sheep know my voice and no other will they follow. So how can you say that you don't hear? Go ahead. 
I was going to say that's the saddest statement I've ever heard. It's the truth. Um, you know, Jesus, um, Jesus said, you, you have eyes to see, but you don't, you don't see. You have, you have ears to hear, but you, you don't, don't hear. hear. The, the idea is that God doesn't want us to behave like an, like an idol. As I mentioned in the book, he doesn't want us to behave like an idol. He wants us to be like him. Mm -hmm. He sees, he hears, he's fully aware of what's going on. Uh, and of course, his perspective is eternal. Ours isn't necessarily, but we we can know what he wants us to know. We can hear what, what he wants us to hear. We can see what he wants us to see, and we can feel even oh, yeah. what he wants us to feel. And I talk about that in the, in this, on the chapter of, of uh, praying by revelation. And that's is, where I was going to, that's where I was going to go. Go next. for it. Um, go okay. For it. Because one of the things that, that I, okay. So what I've gotten about the, we have five natural senses. We also have five supernatural senses. We're able to see in the spirit. We're able to hear in the spirit. We're able to smell in the spirit. We're able to taste in the spirit. Because he says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste. Mm -hmm. there, there is a taste. There is something. There is something that we can actually taste. So, you know, all of these things, um, and, and um, we can also smell. You can smell. The Lord talked to me about that whole smell thing, which just blew my mind. But if we, if we start to shift and to start saying, okay, Lord, I can... I can see in the spirit. I can hear your voice. So I hear in the spirit. But what if, what if hearing in, in the spirit is a little bit different? What if hearing in the spirit is hearing the heart cry of men? What if hearing in the spirit is, is hearing the shame and the discouragement that some, I'm, now I'm going to cry, <laughs> the shame and the discouragement that somebody feels? What if we can actually tune ourselves in so much into what the Lord is doing that we can actually feel the pain that he feels for the mm -hmm. unborn. What if we could feel the pain for the battered and the abused, for those who are being uh, sex trafficked and those who have, have been um, killed and martyred? What if we could actually feel that instead of just being everything all hunky-dory? Because when you, when you really start to get intimacy, you know, God says that I don't do anything unless I show my prophets, right? But there's also a level of intimacy. When you are with your husband, you are with your wife, you know secrets, you know things that other people don't know. And you can say, what is it that's hurting you? And so when you have that relationship with God where you can say, Lord, what hurts you? What is hurting you? And he starts to show you. Let me just tell you something. It's not what you think. It's not what you think. It's so much no. more. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, there are hints of it throughout the scriptures um, from, from uh, starting with when Jesus is overlooking uh, the city of Jerusalem. And, yep. mm -hmm. and, and he begins to speak, even though there's no... Probably no one there to physically hear what he was saying. He began to cry out, "Oh Jerusalem! Oh how I have loved you!" <laughs> yeah, he said, "You, I, I long for you." And it's just, "You're the, you're the ones that kill your prophets. I mean, you, you kill the very people I send to you to help you, and all of those things." 
uh, sure. how I long to gather you like 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 a hen would gather her chicks. You know, to me that was that was a sensing moment mm. when Jesus was revealing the heart of the Father, and saying, "Guys, I, 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 this is all. This is for you. All this is for you." And and there are other uh, you know, some of the Old Testament prophets, Ezekiel for one, Isaiah in the uh, chapter six, in the year that King Uzziah died, I said, I saw also the Lord high and lifted up in the robe of his presence filled the temple and angels cried, holy and holy. You look at all of those things and he he smelled and this, that and the other. And it was all, all there. Um, and even to some of the more recent times, I mean, you know, hundred years maybe, but um, I forget the name of the, the uh, evangelist. But he was walking the streets of New York, and, and and someone that was a pastor was walking beside me. and said, "Look at that old bum there laying in the gutter," and and, uh, and the man of God said, "But for the grace of God, there go I." Mm. And that was a to me that was a moment of real awareness. And you know, to me. If you boil Revelation down to one thing, it's really a, an awareness. Mm. Uh, 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 some some aspect of God and his heart. Um, and if we don't capture that, we'll never see our cities the way we should see them. That's right. Um, you know, we, we'll never see uh, cities and nations transformed by the power of God. But, but I can give you testimony after testimony of how that because my wife and I live this way, we we have we have seen transformation. Um, well, why don't why don't you share just a couple of those testimonies? Of course, yeah. Um, we we have met with the current president of Burundi, Africa. His name is Pierre Nkurunziza. Uh, hit. His Excellency is a, is a man of God. He's a believer. He's a modern-day David. He's a worshiper. He leads his nation in worship. We've been uh, with him at their annual Thanksgiving crusade, four days of, of worship. Um, I've given prophetic words to him, prophetic dreams and visions. Um, and in all of that, we have literally begun to see over these last uh, eight years now, I'm sorry, 11 years uh, now that we've been working in Burundi. We're literally seeing transformation. This nation that was literally the poorest country in the world it, it is moving up the ranks. Um, we're seeing uh, advancement. We're seeing jobs. We're seeing, um, we're seeing literally because this president and, and our small involvement in it, but because of this president, uh, leading by revelation, he has been leading his nation into incredible advancement, um, and and he has won all kinds of awards. Um, modern uh, leader for modern Africa, the rising star of Africa. The this guy's a man of God. Uh, didn't say he was a perfect leader, um, but God is really really been moving in that country and now because of our involvement there we've had governments like south sudan call us other places and because these nations they chase these leaders they talk to one another we're literally seeing 
just the hand of God. But but I want to tell you, we went, as the Apostle Paul said, he went by revelation. We literally went to Burundi by revelation. It wasn't something that chose us. We didn't choose it. It chose us. And that's a whole different level of leading. Uh, it's just, you know, we weren't just looking for another thing to do. I can tell you, Lisa, I can't get to all the invitations that, that we have to go to different nations. Um, so we must go by revelation because of the maximum impact that needs to happen over this next decade. Absolutely. And, you know, that's the thing. Jesus, he went to specific places. He didn't just go like, you know, because there were many times that, you know, they could have gone this way or that way. I mean, especially one of my favorite stories in the Bible, God really brought it to my, he really made me understand his heart about people. And he started to show me about when, um, when he went across the Sea of Galilee and they had the big storm. And as soon as he hit the foot of the sand, the demoniac mm -hmm. was there kneeling, yeah. kneeling to him. So that's the other thing too, man. When, when, when God is showing up, demons Whoa. know it, mm. demons know it. So I'm just telling you, you, when you start to get stuff, when you start to get pushback or you start to get things that are showing and it's becoming ugly and nasty, it's because they know it's their time. Their time has come to an end. So what God started to talk to me about, because I didn't quite understand it. And he said, he said to me, he said, Lisa, he said, the, the, because first I didn't understand why the fishermen were so afraid. I'm like, why were they so afraid? Jesus was sleeping in the boat. He says, no, no, no. They were fishermen. They understood the sea. He right. said, so if they were afraid, they had every right to be afraid. See, this is a revelation you don't get. This is the revelation you get when you sit and you talk and ask questions to the Lord. And so then the Lord started to show me, he said that the demoniac, the spirits were sending the storm. They wanted to kill, kill them. So because they knew their time had come. Because the first thing that that demoniac said was your time has not come. Why are you here? Right? Exactly. Yeah. But Jesus left the many because there were tons of people he was just with. But he left the many to go find the one. And yes, so he, when he found the one, he, he got rid of the demons. He brought back his child to him. And the Lord said to me, he says, Lisa, is the one worth it? Is the one worth it? Sometimes in ministry, we can get ourselves so wrapped up in the number game. Okay. Especially on Facebook. We can get ourselves wrapped up in the number game. But what the Lord really started to talk to me, and he said, Lisa, one, that's it. Jesus worried about the one. He stopped for the man who was blind. He opened up, he he got, he healed the leper. Everybody else is running away from the leper, but Jesus is right. running to the leper. Yes, ma'am. This is the one. And that's, we have to remember that at one time, we were the one. Absolutely. We were the one. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and that reveals the, the kind of God that we, that we love yes. and the kind of God that loves us. And um, there's somebody watching this program right now that is uh, dealing with some of those issues. And we're, we're on this program right now because of you. You're, you're the one 
that we're speaking to. And yeah, everybody's getting the message, but we want to zero in on you and just tell you that he loves you. That's why we're here. We're, we're, we're here by revelation. We're, we're here to reveal the heart of God to you. We love you. We're the body of Christ. But there's no way our love for you could even compare to his love for you. I want I want you to I want you to sense that God just wrapping his arms around you, enveloping you in his love, and revealing his care, his heart, his love for you. I want you to receive that right now in the name of Jesus. I want you to receive that right now. This is your moment. This is your moment. Whatever you're going through, it could be a family issue, it could be a, a with a child or a marriage, it could be a financial difficulty it could be COVID-19. It could be any, any issue, but it doesn't really matter. Just God's eyes have landed on you. And it's all about you at this moment. I want you to receive that in the name of Jesus. That's so beautiful. And that's, that is our Papa. That is our Papa. And I, I, it's interesting because I came from a, a, a Catholic background. Um, Brother Bill, I came from a Catholic background and, but I always knew that God loved me. Like there was never a question in my heart that God didn't love me. But I, I still didn't understand the depth and the width and the ways in which he loved me. And so as I, I started to, to spend more time with him. It, it came from a place of God to the Lord, to the father. And there was one day I was driving in the car and the Lord said, I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, I go, what do you want me to call you? Because there are so many people who have different names for God. You know, they'll say dad, or they'll say, um, Papa, you know? And I said, Lord, how, do you want me to call you Abba? Because it says call God Abba father, you know? And so what I said, do you want me to call you? And I'm naming all these things. I said, do you want me to call you daddy? And at that, he said, yes, I want you to call me daddy. He says, because when you say daddy, you smile because you think of your earthly dad. And so I started calling him daddy. And a lot of people had a really hard time with me calling God daddy, had a really hard time with it. And they couldn't understand it. But there, there was something about that, that as that happened, there was a shift in my heart that changed because I didn't see him. I, I, I knew he was holy. I knew that he is high and lifted up. But I also saw that he was a, a, a daddy to me, that I could, I could twirl around in a dress and I could dance for him, that I, I could come to him and I could tell him about my excitement. And he showed me time and time again through revelation, through revelation, how that daddy's heart yearns for his sons and daughters. And he said to me, he said, Lisa, he says, I call them my sons and daughters. He goes, because I know the exact day and minute that they are going to turn their hearts back to me. He says, so I don't see them as not mine. I see them as mine. I'm already calling them because I already know that they're coming. That's and, beautiful. And when I got that, I was like, it changes things, doesn't it? It changes. It does. Actually, actually the word Abba even goes, you know, from daddy, even broken down to 
uh, a baby's babble, that dad day, which, which, you know, most people struggle with, with intimacy because they lost their innocence. Ah. Okay. And so what dad, dad does is it takes us back to the place of innocence so that we can be daddy's, you know, daughter or son, you know? Yeah. And uh, to me, that's that's part of the whole process that God wants to take us. If, but if we're going to enjoy intim intimacy, it is because he has restored our innocence. That's and sweet. that's that's something that some people in their sin, they 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 can't they can't get past. You know, I'm 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 damaged goods. I'm you know, God, God can forgive me, but, you know, God can help me. But and it's because of that that guilt and that lack of innocence, but that's, that's part of his, that's part of the process that he wants to restore to all of us. And that is exactly where you get the revelation of his perfect love. That's where you get the revelation of his longing to have you back in his arms, that you get the revelation that you can see him like the prodigal son, that the father who waited and waited for the son and looked, we got to think about this, the, that the father of the prodigal son looked every day for the son to come back because yes. as soon as he saw him far off in the distance, he went running to him. He went yes. running. He didn't just sit there and wait for the son to come up to him. No, he took off running. And that is, that is our father. That is, that is exactly what Jesus did. Jesus ran to those who were broken. He ran to the woman at the well. He ran to these yeah. different people who were so broken, who were so bruised, who didn't understand. He, he was always going, going to the places where nobody else would go, where the Pharisees wouldn't go, where the church wouldn't go, because they already committed them to be that they could never be redeemed. They could never be redeemed. And that's why I, I truly believe, especially, you know, in this next season that we're going into, we are going to see the most radical redemptions we've ever seen before. I oh, really yeah. do believe that. I really do believe that. Because the, the thing that I, I really, the only thing that I wanted to put, learn to, I, oh, I just was like, oh, love, love by revelation. If we could learn how to love through revelation, then we would be able to do it all because everything is revolving around the love, everything. And as we yeah. read and as we minister and as we go and as we pray and as we worship and as we live, we are actually doing it. Revelation, we're doing it through the lens of love. And we and we can't love that way unless we have a revelation of a, a of it ourselves. And I, I always ask myself this question, how can, how can people not respond to the love of God? Hmm. It's because they don't, it hasn't been revealed to them, you know, from the sinner or even to the Christian who, who responds incorrectly is because they don't have a revelation of his love. But we know that in this journey, it's all about him leading us by revelation.
Absolutely. Oh my gosh. This is so good. So, so good. There's so many things. I, um, I do want you though. Um, I know that you prayed for the one, I know you prayed for those, but I, I would really love for you to pray for, um, for people to truly get the revelation that, that God is speaking, that he's leading, that he is ministering to them, that they, that, that they're, that they're not orphans any longer. Amen. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus and by the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord God, I, I speak to every person who's watching right now, heart to heart, face to face. And I ask you, Holy Spirit, to do what only you can do. I ask you to touch their hearts. I ask you to touch their minds. I ask you, oh God, to reach into that belief system that each and every one of us has and touch every doubt, touch every fear, touch every and, and expose every 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 situation that would be that would keep us, that would hinder us from from moving on. As I started in this broadcast and saying, Lord, that how you had shown me that there were people who would be listening tonight who are stuck. Lord, I, I just pray against that in the name of Jesus. And I and I pray that anything that's stubborn would be moved in the name of the Lord. And 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 Father, I pray that you would do that there would be that resolve in all of us. This is I'm moving on in this journey. I'm not going to get stuck. I'm not going to get caught in a tangent, as I talk about in the book. But Father, just help all of us from glory to glory. Father, we we're all saying that we want you. And you know, I pray, God, that you would just lovingly put your foot on our backside and give us a gentle push. All of us who are stuck, those of us that are stuck in high center, that would just push us over that point in the name of the Lord. I pray, God, that you would be glorified as we advance, as we move on. As some of us, God, are at this point, are, are like the children of Israel standing at the River Jordan. And it's time to cross over. And I pray, God, that you would give us the, the will to do it, that you would give us the resolve to do it, that you would make us brave enough to cross over in the name of Jesus. I thank you, God, that all throughout this program that you're glorified and that your people are uh, advancing, growing. I just thank you for everyone right now who's listening. I pray, Holy Spirit, you fill the rooms of their their houses, their cars, wherever they are. And I pray that you manifest yourself, your glory in that place in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. That was awesome. And that's exactly the way to, to end the broadcast because I really believe that through the revelation um, in um, Brother Bill's book, that you can truly start to live a life. Ah, we got, we both got a copy. <laughs> yes. um, that you can truly start to live a life where you can truly understand the revelation that God has. He knows you. He knows every number of hairs on your head. That he called you by name before the foundations of time. That, that he called you. We, we can look in, there's so many places that we can look and he can, he knows you. He knows you. There is nothing that you have done or have said or have even thought that God does not know about. But the fact is, is that he still loves you and he still has 
a, a heart that is so willing to bring you in just to help you to get rid of that stuff. And most of the big, the, the biggest part I, I feel that so many people have is shame, right? I think so many people just suffer with shame. It's the shame game. And the shame game is not from God. Just saying. The shame game is not from God. And I believe that you start to understand the revelation of his love, that there is nothing that can stop you. Nothing can stop you from walking into his arms and from him completely wrapping his arms around you. So brother, this was so fantastic. If you guys are interested in getting a copy of the journey, which I highly recommend, I'm telling you, I was crying. There were so many things in there. I'm like, this happened. <laughs> this happened. And there's so many things that God is really trying to get us to go. It's time for us to go deeper. It's time for us to go further. It's time for us to stop the excuses and just to move and to go. It's time for Amen. us to raise our hands to worship him because he is worthy of our worship. It Amen. is time. It is time. Yes. Lisa, uh, just in, in closing, there's something in this book for every believer, uh -huh. for every leader, and those involved in movements. There's something for everybody on every level. So that's why that's why it's as thick as it is. <laughs> so but it's, it's filled. I'm hard into it. It is, it is so filled with so much wisdom, so much wisdom, so much revelation, and so much power. I am telling you, this book is gonna change you. Trust me. So I just want to say, Brother Bill, thank you so much for coming on Touch by Pride. I'd love to have you come back. I would actually love to have you and your wife come back because the stories, hello, we need to talk about some of those stories. And I really believe that God is about to start doing some new things. I just, I see that as soon as this thing breaks open, that there is going to be more traveling, that there's going to be more uh, speaking because you know, you have such a papa's heart. You're you're such a papa to so many that, and there is such a, a need for strong men to lead the next generation. And that's what I really see both you and your wife, because your your wife, even though I don't know her, I see that she has a mama's heart. So you you're a papa and a mama. So you're creating families every place that you go. And so I just see your family is is ever increasing. It's just ever increasing. And I also see that the Lord is starting to um, to pull you into a place of doing some training videos. And there's also going to be um, some. I, I almost want to say like you're going to be going into some apostolic hubs where you're going to be helping to uh, to to help the leaders to establish things because I see that you're an establisher. So you're going to be going into different places. You're going to help people to establish places where they can function um, correctly because your 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 heart has been grieved for too long. And I just feel like the Lord is is saying that I'm going to send you into these places where you can correct the things that have really been breaking your heart that you cry out for, especially in yeah. the night, because you cry at night for for 
for different things. And so at the father, the father really sees your, I'm sorry to do this, but <laughs> I should be doing this off air, but the father really sees your heart and your tenderness and your compassion and how you're so willing to, to give everything that you have and how you've sown into so many. And the Lord is saying that this is going to be a season that you're going to actually reap from your harvest. You're going to start to reap all the things that you've sown, even the things that you didn't think have ever going to take root. You're going to start to see those things start to, to blossom and to bloom. And you're going to see that the things that you have cut and transplanted, that they are actually coming back even fuller than they were before, that there have been some hard cuts that you've had to do, but because of those cuts, because you knew it was the right thing and because you trusted the Lord, you're going to be getting back double, double the harvest for the things that, that you've pruned back. And the Lord is saying that this is going to be um, the season of adventure, the adventure of a lifetime, that it's the season that you've been praying for. There have been some places that you have on your list of places that you've always wanted to go to, but the timing hasn't been right. And the Lord is saying that I am giving you those tickets and I am giving you um, the, the opening of the doors to go into those places because he says that you not only carry a, a spirit of revival, but because you carry the revelation that people are going to wake up and you are like um you're like the uh the the alarm clock that that people you know that that irritate them because they don't want to get up you're that alarm clock that just keeps buzzing and buzzing and buzzing and buzzing and buzzing and the lord says that you can't be turned off that you will wake up those who even don't want to be woken up but when they get woken up they will be very very grateful so I just I just hope that that has blessed you. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> thank you so much. Yeah, that's very encouraging. Well, good. Oh, good. I'm glad because boy, right, I, right on, right I, I wasn't planning on saying anything, but revelation. Sorry, guys. <laughs> that's right. That's right. It just kind of hits. But thank you. Thank you. So you guys, this is your <laughs> is you need to go out. You need to get your journey. You need to also get a copy for somebody else because. Isn't there that one person who you know just needs that little extra push? Come on. It's it's getting close. We need to start equipping the people. Get yourself a copy. Get a copy for somebody else. Share the good news. Share the revelation. Thank you so much, uh, Brother Bill. This has been such a joy and such a pleasure. And I am so very blessed to have you here. Guys, you definitely want to go to legacyofworship.com. Um, Brother Bill has lots of books. You can go and find them. Um, there is just so much that you, there's so much in here, but there's so much in him that you haven't tapped into. So you definitely want to go check him out. Um, if you feel led, you know, he is a minister and because times are, are tough, you can always go to legacyofworship.com. And if you feel like sewing into his ministry, I'm sure it'd be greatly appreciated. So thank you guys for tuning in. This has been such a blessing. Go out, be the light. Love you guys and have an awesome night. God bless you guys. Okay, we're going to get this.